0: Hey everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in. Today is Friday, August 7th. This is episode number 974 of Off the Bench with Heidi St. John. Today, we're going to talk about what true privilege really means. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Thanks for tuning in today, you guys. I'm recording this on the road to Greenville, South Carolina. I'm going to be there, hello, today at Grace Baptist Fellowship at 37 Pickney Street in Greenville. And I just want to encourage you guys to come on out. You can still register for that event. I'm going to link back to it in the show notes today. It starts at 9 a.m. And last I heard, they were doing tickets at the door. So I hope you guys will come out. Really, this is the only homeschool conference in the entire nation that's still standing. And they can could use your support. So come on out. I'm going to be there all day today. There's a vendor hall happening uh, and they are practicing, according to the state mandate, social distancing. So come on out, you guys. I'm going to be there all day today and uh, I hope to see you Grace Baptist Fellowship in Greenville, South Carolina. So a lot of things are going on. Uh, I saw an article, I woke up in the morning on Thursday, saw an article on Fox News about Oprah Winfrey, and uh, I haven't been a fan of Oprah's for a long, long time, mostly because she is been she has been rather leading people to a false gospel since as long as I can remember. And now she's jumped on the bandwagon of race baiting, as if racial tensions weren't high enough in the country already. She needed to join in the conversation and lecture the rest of us about what privilege actually looks like. Ted Cruz noticed that she did it, and he tweeted, "Billionaire Oprah." lectures the rest of us, quote, you still have your whiteness. That's what the term white privilege is. It means that whiteness still gives you an advantage no matter what. Ted Cruz said what utter racist BS. I could not agree with him more. Uh, So much of what we see happening right now, the racial tension that you see is being propped up by an organization that is dangerous and uh, divisive and even deadly, Black Lives Matter. Uh, Jay and I had the privilege of staying at the home of Ryan and Bethany Bomberger. And as soon as I get my uh, myself back to the studios in Vancouver, I'm gonna have those guys come back on the show because they actually get it. They get what's going on in the nation right now. It's amazing to me that they're saying that if you're white, you can't talk about racism. Well, that's the same logic that says if you're a man, you can't speak out about the injustice of abortion. And really what they're trying to do is just uh, quiet down voices that they don't agree with. I thought it was really interesting that uh, as soon as Ted Cruz came out and called Uh, Oprah's comments racist, which is exactly what they are. She, he was quickly, uh, he was quickly silenced and shamed by people like, uh, Eric Dennins at NPR. And he felt like, here's a guy super successful, right? Feels like he said to Ted Cruz that Ted's pointing out systemic racism as not actually real. He called it denial. He called it denial. I was listening to uh, Mr. Armstrong on uh, Facebook this morning, and he was talking about privilege also, only he was talking about it from a godly point of view. He said that race is a construct that's been created by man, right? So Martin Luther King's big deal was hey, I'm dreaming of a time when I don't notice people by the color of their skin anymore, but rather by the content of their character. And I think most of us can agree I don't choose my friends based on the color of their skin. I choose. Uh, my friends based on what I know about their character. Are they loyal? Are they kind? Are they walking with the Lord? Uh, Do they bring a certain level of joy to the conversation, right? These are the things that we choose our friends over. And it's interesting to me to note that Barack Obama has done more to set back race relations in the United States than any president in recent history. And so much is at stake right now, you guys. You've got to keep the conversation focused on character because character is what really matters. Character is where it's at. We teach our children to be godly because God's word says that that's what's the most important thing. Uh, Interesting thing happened to us on Wednesday. I was getting ready to go do a uh, pop-up shop. In Unionville, Virginia. So thanks to everybody who came out. That was fun. Uh, and before we made it out to our car, we were lugging our, you know, our stuff down to the first floor of the hotel and me and two of my youngest daughters got stuck in an elevator. And we were in the elevator, I don't know, 20 minutes or so, and we were fine. But it was an interesting time to point out to our girls because one of them started to get upset. And it is a little bit upsetting because you can feel you know, claustrophobic and you feel like you're not getting fresh air because you're not. But I reminded one of them who was having kind of a hard time. I said, you got to look at what's happening around you. You know that help is coming. You know that you're going to be fine. So it's all right just to sit on the floor and wait. And so that's what we did. And eventually they pried the elevator open and it was probably on at least a foot off the floor. So they helped us with our luggage, uh, get out of the elevator. We thanked them profusely. When my husband was driving away, he saw the gentleman who had, uh, pried the elevator doors open and then held them open so that we could all get out. And, uh, he happened to be a person of color. Jay, uh, drove up next to him and, and, rolled down the window and said, thank you so much for rescuing my family. And the guy just kind of chuckled and said, have a good day. Well, I came back to the same hotel later on that night to check in. And I thought I would just make a joke with the lady at the front desk because things are so tense in the country right now. And so she was trying to find my reservation. And I said, hey, you might remember me better as the lady who got stuck in an elevator here this morning with her kids. And she put her pencil down and looked at me and she said, Oh my goodness, we've been talking about you all day long. Thank you so much. She said, you literally made my staff cry. I said, why? She said, because you were kind. She said, we were all standing around that elevator just waiting for you guys to get let out, thinking you're going to come out screaming at us. She said, we are getting screamed at and yelled at over uh, everything right now. Usually it's the Rona, right? People come in and they, they feel the need to complain. Your hotel's not clean enough. I saw a guy in the lobby without a mask on, blah, blah, blah. We're so unkind. And that little bit of kindness, she said that the staff had been talking about it all day long. You guys, we need to start talking about character again in this country. We need to start talking about character. Instead, we're talking about the isms, right? Socialism, racism, communism, and all of the isms are dangerous. If that's what we focus on, we're going to be in huge, big trouble. And that's really what we're doing right now. Uh, when, as I was talking to Ryan Bomberger about Black Lives Matter, sitting around the table having dinner, Ryan's a really cool guy. If you guys are not following Ryan and Bethany uh, Bomberger, you really need to, because they're doing amazing, amazing things. And he wrote an article, townhall.com, about the reasons why, as a black man, he will not support Black Lives Matter. And uh, if you haven't seen it, I'll actually link back to it in the show notes today. But here's what he said. He said, every life unjustly killed deserves justice. In the cause to make things right, I will not join a movement that has nearly everything wrong. More innocent lives have now been clued, including cops, since the predominantly violent protests began over George Floyd's horrific death. What about the black lives that have been killed in this nationwide chaos? Do they matter? Well, you don't have to agree with everything. Just pick out the good things in the Black Lives Matter movement. Movement, I'm told. Really? So let's apply that same logic to another example. I've been repeatedly approached to partner with new Black Panthers in anti-abortion billboard campaigns. We agree on the violent injustice of abortion, but that's it. Our worldviews are diametrically opposed. But, but, but they believe unborn lives matter. That doesn't matter. Their mission is not my mission. And so he said, "Yes, Black Lives Matter, but truth matters." And as a Christian, the church should be leading on these issues instead of sheepishly following a deceptive movement that's hostile to the gospel. The original Black Lives Matters founders, the Black Lives Matter Foundation, was created to radically shift the culture. The Far Left Ford Foundation, the world's largest population control organization, vowed in 2016 to raise $100 million for the movement a nationwide coalition of BLM groups. They released a shocking manifesto of policy positions that are deeply political and deeply disturbing. When you draw from uh, most of these positions, he lists then 10 reasons why he would never support the Black Lives Matter movement, even as a black man. He starts off by saying their premise isn't true. He said, I hate racism. And I hate it when it's used as a political weapon. According to the FBI's latest homicide statistics, I'm 11 times more likely to be killed by someone of my own brown complexion than a white person, 11 times. Also, a comprehensive 2019 study concluded white officers are not more likely to shoot minority civilians than non-white officers. You guys, every loss of life is tragic, but Washington Post has a database on police-involved deaths, and they put things into further context. In 2020, among those killed, were all men, two Native Americans, nine Asians, 46 Hispanics, 76 blacks, 149 unlabeled individuals, and 149 whites whose deaths don't get reported by the national mainstream media. Only nine black individuals were actually unarmed we've got to start talking about what's happening in the Black Lives Matter movement. They promote uh, heavily homosexuality and transgenderism. Here's a quote from their website. We foster a queer affirming network. When we gather, we do so with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking. You guys, we, we can't embrace confusion. The idea is that we love people based on the fact that God loves them. So we say, Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. Help me love people the way you love them. Help me see them the way that you see them. And that happens when we recognize what true privilege really is. You guys, the gospel is actually true privilege. Listen to what Paul said in in Galatians chapter three, verses 26 to 28. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. So Oprah can prattle on about privilege all she wants to, but I'm going to encourage you guys to think about the last time that you consider the privilege that you have under the gospel Christ's death on the cross and resurrection from the dead have secured an incredible privilege for those who claim his name. The Bible says when you claim the name of Jesus, you're no longer a slave. You're not counted as servants, but rather you're seen as sons and daughters of God. As sons and daughters of God, that makes you an heir to God. And as such, God's promise to Abraham also belongs to us. You guys, that's amazing. That's privilege. And I don't see very many Christians talking about that right now because we're so hung up on the isms. So think about it through faith alone, dependent on nothing, nothing that we could do. The moment that we declare our faith in God, he grants us the privilege of being adopted into his family. The apostle Paul teaches that this is like putting on new clothes. How do you guys feel when you put on a new outfit that fits you perfectly? Now, I don't know about you, but an outfit that fits me really well makes me stand a little bit taller. It gives me confidence knowing that I'm dressed in a way that accentuates my best features and minimizes my flaws. And let's be honest, as moms, we know why this matters, right? Right. But the Bible says it's even better to be dressed as children of God. Because of Jesus, we're able to put on the righteousness of God. It's a miracle, really, a privilege that we should celebrate every single day. Praise the Lord, being his heir isn't dependent on our earthly lineage or even a legal adoption. The good news is this, anyone can belong to Christ. And this is the heart of the gospel. It's available to all of us, black or white, rich or poor, even the most hardened criminal or the most rebellious child, according to God's word, and through faith in Jesus Christ can become a son of Abraham and inherit the promises that God made to him. I think that's kind of amazing. Being an heir to the kingdom like Abraham means that we actually want to be like Abraham what was he what was he like? He wasn't perfect, far from it. all you got to do is read about him. But the Bible records that the thing he did that pleased God the most was very simple. He trusted in the promises of God how about how about you? Are you trusting in the promises today? Are you living your life in view of this amazing inheritance that's waiting for you in heaven? You see, as I consider my earthly lineage in light of my heavenly destiny as a co-heir with Christ, the things of this world really do grow strangely dim as the old hymn says. And I can only say thank you to the one who adopted me into his family. Me, I'm a child of God. What a privilege. As parents, listen up, the best gift we will ever give our children is to explain to them the nature of true privilege. And the great love of the one who has given us the greatest privilege of all, which is the chance to be called sons and daughters of God. I don't know about you, but every day that passes, I am more and more thankful that this world is not my home and we can't focus on it if we're going to move forward. We can't focus on everything that divides us. I'm not saying that there aren't problems in this in the country. Obviously, obviously there are. But I refuse to be lectured by a billionaire black woman telling me that whiteness is my true privilege, which when as a daughter of the living God, I know that's not true. I know that my true privilege comes from being an adopted daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That is true privilege. That's where it comes from. And if this became the message of the church, I wonder what would happen. Well, I know what would happen. We would start to see repentance in the church. And then we would start to see reconciliation. All of this stuff we're talking about, reparations and everything else, it doesn't come without repentance. Repentance, there's a spirit behind reparations, right? There's a spirit behind this. And as my friend Ryan so rightly pointed out, he said, I guess the, what, that white half of him, because he's half black and half white, is going to have to pay the black half of him. It doesn't make any sense at all. If progressives want to push reparations, start with the party of slavery and Jim Crow, which is the Democrat Party, and let them ante up for it. But Black Lives Matter is bizarrely demanding reparations for full and free access for all black people, including the undocumented and currently informally incarcerated people, currently incarcerated, to a lifetime education, retroactive forgiveness of student loans, and support for lifetime learning programs. Well, good luck with that. Its focus is on the wrong thing. Its focus is on the wrong thing. And so we want to be uh, turning the hearts of our children back to what true privilege really is. And true privilege is defined for us in the word of God. It's all over God's word. Take your children to the book of Galatians today and read to them out of Galatians chapter three, verses 26 to 28. Honestly, I wish more pastors were talking about this. We are on the social justice bandwagon And it's not helping us at all. And in fact, it's hurting us. In fact, there can be no greater joy. Here it is, you guys, than to see your children grasp this truth of their privilege that comes from Jesus. And then to walk in the footsteps of Abraham by believing in the promises of God and accepting the free gift of salvation through faith for themselves. That's privilege. That's privilege. And it's one of the reasons I love God's word. And I'm going to turn you back to it today on a Friday. See, Jay and I have been out on the road for several weeks. And I got to tell you, I've been saying this. This is a rough time to be out on the road. It's a rough time to be traveling. Uh, there's a sadness in the air. And I'm watching from a from quite a ways away what's happening to uh, my hometown of Portland, Oregon. And I'm reminded I better be in the word. I better be in God's word. We should love God's word because in a world that's struggling to understand the most basics of truths, the Bible offers us a calm reassurance that we are and always have been at the center of his father's heart. The prophet Isaiah seems to have a window into our weary and sometimes discouraged human hearts as he shares God's heart with us and reminds us of God's extravagant love for his children. He tells us again what privilege is. Listen to Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who forms you says, Don't be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Do you notice he never says anything about our race ever, any place in the Bible? Because he sees us as children of the living God. And when I think about this just from a mother's heart, what he says to my mother's heart is that the echo that comes back to my heart time and time again after reading Isaiah 43 and recounting what God has is, is done for me and what he's going to continue to do is simple. All will be well. He says, don't be afraid for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. We have an opportunity today to be reminded that we belong to the Lord and walk in better and closer relationship with him. Really, that's what we do for our children, right? Instead of talking about all the isms, let's talk about true privilege with our kids, the privilege of walking with the Lord and being ransomed. He bought us with a price and the price was the life of the son of God. That's pretty amazing. And I believe with all my heart that when we start to see pastors come back to this again and start talking about what really matters, what, is, what privilege really is, and how we can walk in right relationship with the Lord, we're going to start to see real movement coming out of the church. And until then, it's just a bunch of talking. Who's going who's gonna to have the most woke statement today? Well, the most woke statements that I have ever read in my entire life or ever heard come from the word of God. The Bible says in Psalm 3730, the godly offer counsel, they teach right from wrong. And that is where we want to be. I hope you guys are doing well. We really appreciate your listening to the podcast and supporting our ministry. Uh, Jay and I have been talking a lot about and just praying about what's going to happen next year to the speaker circuit Frankly, uh, a lot of things are up in the air right now. I'm not sure that the conference circuit as we have always known it is going to recover for a very long time because as we're learning, it's very easy to scare people and very hard to unscare them. So I hope you guys will be praying with us. Uh, as we try to figure out, as like the rest of you guys are doing, how to navigate this. I know a lot of you are listening to this and your lives haven't changed a whole lot. Maybe your husband's job or your job was considered to be essential and so your world wasn't really changed. I know some of you have actually benefited from the Rona, particularly financially, uh, because of the area of work that you're in, but there are an awful lot of people who have lost their livelihoods, lost their businesses, closed their businesses forever. And we need to be really praying right now, Lord, help us to minister to the lives of these people whose lives have literally been upended by a scamdemic. And I don't have time to go into it today. You guys are following me on Facebook so you know how I feel about it. Uh, just to say the Lord didn't give us a spirit of fear. What we're doing right now in this nation is being driven by a spirit of fear. And we talked about this on Wednesday, right? That that spirit of fear mixed with this antichrist spirit is what's causing the chaos in our country today. And if we can get away from talking about uh, the narratives of the likes of billionaire Oprah Winfrey lecturing people on whiteness and privilege and start talking again about what true privilege is, I think we can actually start to see some healing. True privilege comes from God, and that's also where healing is found. Thanks for listening today, everybody. Have a great day, and I'll see you back here on Monday for Mailbox Monday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.